O Lord, O precious Jesus. And to him be all the praise and thank you for being with me today for this powerful teaching on the power of God. And I began yesterday teaching about the power exceeding power, the greatness of that power in changing and transforming our life. And precious Lord, again, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your promises. And I thank you for your power, Lord, that is transforming us day by day into your blessed image. And Lord, meet every need in your people's lives today in Jesus' name. And God's people said a wonderful amen. I began talking to you about Ephesians 1. In verse 19, where Paul said, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who do believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And I shared with you how uh, this is not talking about the old creation. This is talking about the new creation. When it comes to God creating the world, the old creation, Romans 1.20 talks about his eternal power and Godhead. When it comes about your salvation, my salvation, and our transformation, it is the exceeding greatness of his power to you and I who believe. So think about this. It took more power to save us than to create the world. That's what it says in the, in the word of God. It took more power to transform us than the creation of Adam because Adam went from dust to dust. We go from dust into his image. That's more, much more power. That's why it says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that is at work in your life and my life. That is also, uh, it says, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. It was that same power that raised him from the dead that also where he ascended to, to heaven and sat at God's right hand, far above all principalities, power, might, dominion, every name that is named not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. That kind of power is only reserved for salvation because the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in your life and my life according to Ephesians 1.19. So let's talk about, let's, and I shared some things with you yesterday. If you did not see yesterday, please make sure to go back and watch it. But I want you to think about what it took, what it took, the power it took to not only uh, deliver us from sin. You know, the, the gospel, it says, is the power of God, right? So think about greater power in the new creation than the old creation. Greater power to change, uh, think about Adam from, from dust to dust, from dust to flesh. It's greater power to, to change dust into the image of, of the Lord, as it says so clearly in the Bible. And here, a wretched piece of dust uh, sharing in God's divine nature. That's greater power than creation itself. And that's mentioned in 2 Peter 1 4. Or, or God qualifying us to become partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. That's Colossians 1. That's greater power than the creation of the world itself or men. And that's why Paul says the exceeding greatness of his power, the power that will literally one day transform us into the image of his dear son, like Romans 8.29 says. 
the same power mentioned in 2 Corinthians 3.18, from glory to, to glory, we are changed into the same image of the Lord. Or Philippians 3.20, that God will change our vile bodies to be like his body. That's incredible power. That's way more power than the old world and the old creation. And I shared all that yesterday and more. But today I want you to also think about the power it took to convict us of sin. All right? So, Lord, open our eyes. Let us see this clearly. Wonderful Jesus. So, think about Before our salvation, we were were in such darkness, and, you know, such deep darkness that we called evil good and good evil. We called darkness light and light darkness. We called bitter sweet and sweet bitter. And we called the minister of the Holy Spirit and salvation foolishness before our salvation. Think about the darkness we were in. I mean, um, let's let's look at Ephesians 4 and verse 8. This is, or uh, 18, this is where we, you and I were. We were in that darkness, okay? So look at what the Bible says. Now, this is what the world is is in, and we were in it at one time. Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Wow. So we were at one time in such darkness, and not only... uh, not not only that, but but the the natural man, and in 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 our case too, we were unable unable to to deliver ourselves. We were we were in such darkness. We had no desire for deliverance. We are we were so dead spiritually that we had no ability to know we were dead, and we were so dead spiritually before salvation, we did not even know we were in darkness, that we were dead, or that we needed deliverance. That's how dead we were. Because to be spiritually dead means the person has no ability to know they're dead or that they need life. So now the Holy Spirit comes in his incredible, mighty power and convicts us by giving us spiritual understanding, by giving us spiritual light. And yet, think about this, we did not even know him at the time because conviction came before salvation to bring us out of the darkness we were in that we did not know we were in. So a mighty miracle of grace took place within us that destroyed and shattered that darkness in our hearts. Think about the power it took to bring us out of darkness. Think about the power it took to produce in you and I repentance. Because without the Lord, we can't even repent. It took the power of God 
to enable us not only to see we need him, but to even say, I'm sorry for my sin. Because how can a dead man be sorry? A dead man is dead. A dead man doesn't even know anything. Will, have you ever seen a dead body say anything? Or feel anything? Or know anything? No. We were more dead than a dead body. Because we were dead in trespasses and sins away from God in deep darkness. It says, having uh, literally our understanding darkened, alienated from the life of God. So blind, we did not even know we were blind. So now, not only does God convict us by his power, I'm, you know, I'm pointing all this out for one reason, to show you how deeply loved you are. How deeply loved you are. God chose you before the foundation of the world to be here. God accepted you in his son before the foundation of the world. God loves you so mightily and so greatly that he poured his love on you, not on creation, not on the angels. Nowhere does God say to the angels, I love you with an everlasting love. He says that to you and I. Nowhere does it say he numbers the hairs of the angels. It says he numbers your hair. You are more valuable to God than all creation, than all the angels. God has placed such value on you that he would use the exceeding greatness of his power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that caused him to ascend to heaven and sit at God's right hand, that same power is at work in your life right now. Ephesians 1.19. And think about repentance, even repentance. You, could not, you and I could not have repented without the Lord giving us that. Because in, in, in Acts 5-20 it says, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and savior. For to give repentance, to give repentance, without him we could not repent. To give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So without the Lord, we can't repent. Because nothing, nothing can draw men to repent but the power of God. So because, because to repent, to repent means to hate sin. To repent means to sorrow over your sin. To repent means to forsake sin, to be determined to leave sin behind. And, and when you think about this, uh, sin, sin is so a part of the human nature. Uh, it's so a part of the, of the one living in the world that they delight in sin. They don't delight in God. And nothing but the power of God can pull someone away from sin because sin is more precious to a sinner than their own life. Sin is dearer to a sinner than liberty because they are giving themselves to it and they become slaves to it. And they delight in that slavery to sin. I'm saying a lot, I know that, but it's important to realize that sin 
is a part of human nature. David said, in sin did my mother conceive me. So your, your average person today delights in their sin. Your average person today doesn't want to leave their sin. Your average person today looks at sin as more precious and more dearer to them than their liberty because they've become slaves to sin and love it. And it's become dearer to a sinner than health, than strength, than riches, or their own soul. Because think about they spend all their time on sin, meaning sin is dearer to an individual living without Jesus than their health, than their strength, than their, than their riches, than their life, than anything. Because they say, wait, you know, sin is, is, is dearer to me than anything else, and that's all I want. So it's dearer to them than their own souls because they are losing their soul to sin. So think about how powerful sin is. David said, in sin did, did my mother conceive me. Sin is a part of, of, of the nature of humanity. And people without Jesus love their sin. They delight in sin. They'll give up anything for sin. It's dearer to them than anything in life, even their own souls. Because they they, they'll gladly lose their soul for sin. Job 15, 16 says that the, the sinner is drinking sin like water. They love so, sin so much, they like it more than water. Job 15, 16. Look, look, look at that. It says, how much more abominable and filthy is man which drinketh iniquity like water. So sin, that's what, what, that's what people want. But so, so think about the power it took, the power it took to, to give people hate for sin. When people love it so much, they live for it. They'll give anything up for it. And the minute the power of God comes into your life, you don't want it anymore. You start hating your sin. That's only the power of God that can do that. Because it's impossible, humanly speaking, to, to, to hate sin and not want sin because we are so a part of it and it is so a part of us. So the old man. But that's what the Christian life is all, all about. God delivers us from the power of sin and from love for sin and love for the world, and now we begin to hate our sin. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it is the work of the Holy Spirit that gives individuals the desire. Look at 2 Timothy uh, uh, chapter 2 for a second. Verse 25 and 26. It is the power of the Holy Spirit that gives an individual the ability and the, and the willingness to repent, to be free from that snare of the devil, the sin of the world. So it says in verse 24 of 2 Timothy 2, and the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach and patient. The word apt means able. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves or that are in opposition to God's word and God's way. If God preadventure will give them repentance to the acknowledgement or acknowledging of the truth, 
that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. So only the power of God can, can, can do that. So I'm not about the power of God to heal and to deliver. No, no, I'm talking about the, the power of God to save. The arm of the Lord, Psalm 98 verse 1 says. I told you yesterday, when, when it came to creating the world, his eternal power is what is mentioned, not exceeding greatness of his power. When it came to bringing people out of Israel, uh, bringing Israel out of Egypt, it's his mighty hand that brought them out. But when it, when it comes to salvation, his strong and mighty arm, Psalm 91 verse 1, by his mighty arm he saved us. That's his mighty power, exceeding greatness of, of his power. Now, now think with me about the power that keeps us, not only that saves us, but that keeps us. And this is something you, you and I need to, to, to remember and understand. So Peter says in, in 1 Peter 1, 3, right through 5, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Okay, kept by the power of God. From what? What are we kept from? From the dominion of sin that dwells within us. God's power is keeping us from being dominated by the sin that is dwelling within us and, 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 and is, he's keeping us from be, being drawn back into the world we came out of. We, we are kept from not only that, but from being overcome by Satan, who is always looking for our, for our ruin and destruction. And we're kept from departing from the Lord. It's his power that keeps us from the part of sin, from the world, from the devil, and keeping us from leaving him. Because we are as weak as water. But he keeps us. Think about how weak we are. And I just wrote, and this is the Lord's doing, it's marvelous in our eyes. He's the one who keeps us because we can't keep ourselves. And I'm again pointing back to the power of God. What power it took to save us? What power it took to convict us? What power it took now to keep us? Okay, I want to I read something to you. It's really powerful. I want you to pay attention. There was more in Adam to resist sin than the fall or before the fall. Let me reread that. There was more power in Adam to resist sin before the fall, yet it overwhelmed him. I'll explain. Adam was not born in sin. He was not conceived in sin like you and I. So he could have easily resisted sin when sin came, when that temptation came. He could have said no because he was not conceived in sin. So Adam could resist sin before the fall. Yet he was overwhelmed by it. I'm trying to show you the part of sin. It overwhelmed a man who never knew its power prior. 
sin and corruption were not at work in him, yet sin overwhelmed him. Think about one-third of the angels, more powerful than, 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 than Adam was, nearer to God, yet sin prevailed against them and threw them out of heaven. I'm just going to, I'm, I'm, I'm showing you the power of God that keeps us. Think about the mighty power of God re- required not only to keep us from sin, but subdue sin in us. Here's Adam, who could not say no to sin when there was, when, when there was no sin in him. He, he, he didn't say, he, he, he could not say no to sin. He said yes. So sin was more powerful than his innocent state. Yet we ourselves, that corruption is, still, is, is in us. So Jesus, only Jesus can make us more than conquerors. Hallelujah. So to keep us, to preserve us, with so many, with so many corruptions within us, with many temptations outside of us, is more wonderful, is more wonderful than if the light of a candle in an open storm was kept from the the strongest winds of of a hurricane. I'll say it again. To keep us, to preserve us with so many corruptions inside of us and temptations outside of us is more powerful and more wonderful than if someone can keep a candle, the light of a candle, blowing away in a hurricane. Because if someone was holding a candle and, and a, a, a Category 5 hurricane did not blow it, they would say, oh my goodness, what a miracle. What a, what a powerful miracle that the candle is, 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 is still lit with that hurricane not, not affecting it. It's more wonderful to preserve and keep you with all the corruptions inside the human nature, all the temptations outside humanity, that God would keep us in such a storm mightier than the hurricane, and yet we are kept by the power of God unmovable. Hallelujah. It's more marvelous when it comes to God's keeping power. It's more marvelous than if if someone could take a candle into the ocean itself and go underneath the water and that candle stays on. Think about the ocean not putting the, the, the light of a candle out and somebody's in the ocean, down underneath. We'd say, oh, that's, that's an incredible miracle if that candle is still on and that guy is swimming underneath the ocean. It's more wonderful to be kept by the power of God with all the corruptions in the flesh and all the temptations outside the flesh. God keeps us in spite of that. That's power. That's exceeding great power. More power than created the world itself and more power than created Adam from dust to dust and yet we are transformed from dust into the image of Jesus. That to me is power. Hallelujah. If God before us, who can be against us? Glory to God. That's what I've been wanting talk to you about to show you how much God loves you that he will invest all his power the exceeding greatness of his power 
to convict you, to save you, to regenerate you, to restore you, to keep you, and much more in the faith. Unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us before his presence with joy, without blame, to the awesome God of wisdom, to the only wise God. To him be all the glory and the praise, and God's people say, Amen. If all that power is working within you, what are you worried about? God will take care of you. He'll heal your body today and make you whole too. And Lord, I pray for your power to heal your people. I pray this message has lifted your faith. So, come on, let's pray. Lord, heal them from their disease. I rebuke it in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, let the same power that raised you from the dead flow through them and remove that disease out of their body and life. And precious Jesus, I pray that those who don't know you right now will come to, into the kingdom. If you don't know the Lord, just say, dear Jesus, I want in. Save my soul. Forgive my sin, Lord. Come into my heart. Transform my life and make me whole. I surrender and give you my life, not only as my Savior, but as my Lord and my King, to whom I submit my life forever. Amen and amen. In the kingdom, that's where we belong. Thank you, Lord. Please make, make sure you share these two teachings with, with, with your friends from yesterday and today. Because that's so powerful. It just shows us how much God loves us, what we mean to him. That he would, he would, he would pour more power on us than on creation. More power on us than on Adam. More power than angels. The exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. Ephesians 1.19. I just had to talk about that and I love it. Well, thank you for being with me. And now let's give to the Lord's work. Let's sow the seed. Let's, let's believe him for our finances to be blessed too, not just our spiritual life. But our finest, it's all an act of faith, precious faith. We, we, we move by faith. We live by faith. We don't see with the natural. We see with the spirit. Hallelujah. Not by sight, but by faith. Trust him today to meet that need in your life too, financially. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all you think or even can believe for or ask. Do it today. Just trust him. Just say, Lord, I trust you, not just with my soul, not just with my life, but my future too financially, that you'll never let me let me down. You'll never disappoint me. You'll never let me fail financially. I'll always have what I need for myself and my family and children. And uh, that happens when we give. Every time we give, we declare faith in a very powerful way. Think about it. It's more powerful it's a more powerful declaration than when we speak it. So when we give, we're, we're, we're saying, I believe everything the Bible says about prosperity. I believe God will take care of my, my future financially, not only spiritually, not only physically, not only emotionally, but financially he'll take care of me when I step out in faith. It's all about an act of faith. So do it right now. Lord, bless them as they give. Not only speak to them about the amount, but bless them as they give, Lord. Increase them and prosper them as they obey your word. 
We give you all the praise, Lord, that every need is met financially too. In Jesus' name and God's people said, Amen. And now listen, listen. Raise your level of faith when it comes to giving. Because the more you raise your level, the bigger the harvest becomes. Because if we sow sparingly, we reap sparingly. If we sow much, we reap much. And Jesus said, with the same measure, we'll, we'll also receive. So go ahead and believe God now. All right. You can sow on the platform you're watching me on. You can sow by going to our website. Benihin.org, or you can simply text BHM 45777 and watch what God will do with you, or even just mail it, mail it. We have our mailing address right on the screen too. They are in Texas. Just mail it to, to our address there for, uh, for the ministry. Tomorrow, another powerful teaching, so make sure you're with me to, uh, tomorrow, and please share this teaching and the one yesterday with your friends. Much love.